By the late 1780s, audiences in Vienna were beginning to lose interest in Mozart's music, but audiences in Prague couldn't get enough of him. A 1786 production of The Marriage of Figaro was such a success that the city invited Mozart to visit, to conduct some performances and give concerts of his new works. He arrived in January of 1787 and was overwhelmed by Figaro madness. Everyone, as he reported, was writing about it, talking about it, humming it, whistling it, and dancing it. A week later, he presented a concert that included his newest piano concerto, number 24, and his newest symphony, the one you're about to hear. A newspaper wrote that it was as though Mozart had composed especially for Bohemia. Nowhere was his music better understood and executed than in Prague, and even in the country districts, it is universally popular." End quote. Prague's love affair with Mozart was so intense that when his opera Don Giovanni had its premiere the following year, it was one of the city's greatest musical triumphs. When word of Mozart's death reached the city in 1791, it took them just five days to prepare a chorus of 120 voices to sing a requiem. All the bells in the city were set to ringing, and people stood by the hundreds in the bitter December cold because the cathedral could not accommodate them all for the memorial service. And you hear the applause for Gustavo Dudamel, music director of the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra, taking the podium here at Davies Symphony Hall to lead the San Francisco Symphony in the Symphony Number no. 38, the Prague Symphony by Mozart. Thank you. 
That was Mozart's Symphony No. 38, The Prague. The San Francisco Symphony was led by Gustavo Dudamel. Prague has a more recent connection to Mozart. It was a stand-in for Vienna in the film Amadeus, since some parts of the city, especially its palaces, look pretty much the same as they did in Mozart's time. I'll be back in a moment with the second half of this concert by Gustavo Dudamel and the San Francisco Symphony, one of Gustav Mahler's grandest musical universes. This broadcast of the San Francisco Symphony is made possible with the generous support of Fred Levin of the Shenson Foundation, in memory of Nancy Livingston Levin and Ben and A. Jess Shenson. Additional support is generously provided by the Acacia Foundation. Welcome back to Davies Symphony Hall for the second half of this broadcast concert by the San Francisco Symphony with guest conductor Gustavo Dudamel. I'm Rick Malone. In 1901, when Gustav Mahler had finished his fourth symphony and was just starting on his fifth, he made a conscious choice to write something completely new, both for him and for his conception of what music had been, just as Beethoven had done a hundred years earlier with his Eroica symphony. The first version of Mahler's fifth, though, sounded too new even for him, and he revised it several times before settling on the version that you're about to hear. You could call Mahler's fifth a victory symphony, like Beethoven's fifth, since it starts with a funeral march and ends with what's been called a shout of triumphant laughter. But that would be simplifying things. Composer Ernst Krenick said the fifth symphony was the work with which Mahler enters upon the territory of the new music of the 20th century, end quote. And after the first rehearsal, Mahler wrote to his wife Alma, What is the public to make of this chaos in which new worlds are forever being engendered, only to crumble into ruin the next moment? What are they to say to this primeval music, this foaming, roaring, raging sea of sound? End quote. Like most of Mahler's symphonies, the fifth is full of quotations and references to earlier works. The trumpet call that opens the piece echoes one in the fourth symphony, as if to say that the seeds of the future can always be found in the past. He also quotes three of his songs. But at the time he was writing this piece, he was also reacquainting himself with the music of Bach, which finds its way into the symphony through some very creative fugue and counterpoint, and which gave the work what conductor Bruno Walter called a feeling of intensified polyphony. Even though it's a very old sound, it was a new sound for Mahler, so it's no wonder that it took him some time to get it right. He was still worried enough about the reaction to the premiere that he wrote, Oh, that I might give my symphony its first performance 50 years after my death. End quote. Here once again is Gustavo Dudamel, music director of the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra, to lead the San Francisco Symphony in Gustav Mahler's Symphony No. 5.
Gustavo Dudamel led the San Francisco Symphony in Gustav Mahler's Symphony No. 5. The San Francisco Symphony has recorded Mahler's Fifth with former music director, now music director laureate Michael Tilson Thomas as part of their cycle of Mahler's symphonies and songs. San Francisco Symphony won seven Grammy Awards for the cycle, which includes 12 CDs on their own label, SFS Media, and the DVD from their Keeping Score TV series, Mahler, Origins and Legacies. Gustavo Dudamel back out on stage now, offering solo bows to Principal Horn Bob Ward, Concertmaster Alexander Baranchik. Now he asks the principal winds of the symphony to stand. The principal brass the percussion section, the strings, and now the entire San Francisco Symphony. The Adagietto, the fourth movement of Mahler's Fifth, was a well-known concert piece long before it gained a new sort of fame from its use in the film Death in Venice. Mahler's friends Willem Mengelberg and Bruno Walter both recorded it by itself even before Walter was allowed to make the first complete album of the Fifth, and Leonard Bernstein had conducted it at Robert Kennedy's memorial service. But it was businessman and amateur Mahler expert Gilbert Kaplan who discovered that it was actually written not as a lament, but a love letter from Mahler to his wife. You've been listening to a broadcast concert of the San Francisco Symphony from Davies Symphony Hall, featuring the Symphony No. 5 by Gustav Mahler and the Symphony No. 38, the Prague Symphony, by Mozart. The symphony was led by guest conductor Gustavo Dudamel. These broadcast concerts are produced by the San Francisco Symphony and music director Essa Pekka-Salonen, President Priscilla B. Gieslin, and Interim Executive Director Matthew Spivey. This broadcast was recorded by John Johansson and edited by Jason O'Connell, and the program notes were adapted from those written by Michael Steinberg. National syndication of these concerts is provided by the WFMT Radio Network. And don't forget that you can visit the symphony online and find out more about the programs, the artists, and the orchestra at sfsymphony.org. This is Rick Malone. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next broadcast concert by the San Francisco Symphony. This broadcast of the San Francisco Symphony is made possible with the generous support of Fred Levin of the Shenson Foundation, in memory of Nancy Livingston Levin and Ben and A. Jess Shenson. Additional support is generously provided by the Acacia Foundation,